start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. Yo, 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 what's going on guys? Episode 83 coming at you from the White Cat Outdoors podcast studio. Nick and Tom are both here tonight. Yo, yo, yo. What the hell was that? Just copying Frank. Were you not? Oh, you were on your phone. That's right. You didn't catch that. Huh. Because yeah. you were on your phone. That's, My bad. I was sending a tweet. It's interesting. Um, Nick wasn't here last week. Yeah. As it's everybody actually knows. not true. You did not say a single word. So I don't yeah, I guess I didn't, but I was there. It's a minus in on the attendance. In your heart. Yeah. Uh before we get going, let's talk about a couple of things. First thing, uh big news. Yeah. And a big shout out. That's yeah, the that's big news. That's the big news. Big news and big shout out are one and the same. Jason uh, Johnson. Jo- I think Johnson, isn't it? Johnson. Is that a, I'll let you, you, you know him I, better. I, I don't know him really. He's just a, a new follower. Um, yeah. Decided he wanted to get his shot at the $500 mobile setup giveaway. Uh, it's, it's Jason Johnson, actually. We it do is, know him very well. Great yeah, guy. Um, Jason's a good dude. Um, decided he wants to support. A hell of a softball player. Yeah. yeah he top is. notch. Um, but. Uh, for whatever reason, Jason decided he wanted to support what we're doing, um, and we can't thank him enough for that. Um, he likes to uh, rock the white cat hat and also the Burrell Enterprises uh, shirt once a week. So, Hell of a guy. So he, he got in on the Patreon. Let's give it up we... for Jason, everybody. Great job. We really I'm sure that's going to sound like hell. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so apologize for your ears there. Yeah. Um, so, again, thank you, Jason. Um if you haven't gone in on the Patreon, uh, you better do it quick. Uh, we're, like you said, we're trying to do this before archery season hits. Um, so Only a few spots left. Yep. Sign yeah, up get after and uh, just join in the fun, and who knows? Maybe you'll win tree stand. Maybe. Uh, one more thing before we get going. Parties next week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyone. So a week from when you're listening, to, if you listen to this when it drops on Sunday, a week from then, we'll be hungover eating breakfast after the Palooza. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So Saturday, the 31st, make sure you guys come out to the party. Have a great time. Yeah, if you don't know where the party's at, hit, hit us, us up, up on ExchangeGram. Yeah. All are welcome. You just got to hit us up, and we'll get you the uh, the deets. There's going to be a cornhole tournament on Saturday, uh, cash prizes. So bring your cornhole throwing arm and tons of beer, tons of smoked food. Um, from some of the best smokers in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be a great, good old time. I mean, campfire going. Um, another big shout-out, uh, our buddy Ben from the Navy will be home and in town for the Palooza. Nice. So that's awesome. Big news. Big yeah, news. big time. So come on out, have some fun, get a hold of us, and we'll get you the deets. Heck yeah. So I, th- I think that's all we have to talk about before we start think, talking about I it. I think you're right. Well, then what do you say we start talking about it? Yeah, so what are we talking about today, Tom? Summer scouting. And it's a good time to talk about summer scouting because 
it's now, summertime. Well, yeah, it is summertime. <laughs> it's late enough in the summer where you can look at a buck and say, okay, that's a buck I'm going to want to hunt yeah. come deer season. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys, they're posting trail cam pictures in beginning of May, and it's got two nubs on top of its head, and it looks Target like every buck other buck. right there. <laughs> going to be a shooter. I'm like, well, yeah, we'll see. Can't really tell. But now, now they're starting to look, as they say, cagey. Mm-hmm. And you you know a shooter buck now when you see it. So it's about time where you get them picked out, you know, try and get a good pattern on them for the early archery season, you know, first couple of weeks before their pattern switches up. Speaking of identifying deer now, um, I just want to give a – I just got word. So one of the properties Tom and I hunt uh, last year had a very odd buck. Um, it, its rack grew almost straight up. I mean, mm-hmm. I bet you it's maybe 10 inches wide. Nice. Um, Tom had his heart set on that buck last year. and obviously, Not very cagey. Yeah, not, no, not very cagey, no. but he, he's just very interesting because yeah. like, you just don't see deer like this before. It reminds me of, obviously much smaller, but Stan's pot, or Stan Pot's <laughs> like 200-inch deer he killed that was like straight up. It that was like 15 inches wide. Yeah, I know, but this is like way shorter. It just reminds me of yeah. it. I like to think about Stan Potts when I think about deer because he's a big deer killer. Uh, anyways, we have confirmation that that deer is back, and he's bigger and better than last year. Still narrow? Oh, very, very narrow, but he's a 10 with double split brows. That's sweet. Uh, yeah. but is every he like 12 wide now? No, I think he's still about 10. It like really? grows straight up. Like The rack literally <laughs> goes straight up. The brows are split, like growing straight up from there, and then the tines on the top grow like almost back. That's it's awesome. A crazy looking deer. So That's sweet. I hope you get him. Yeah, he's back and he's I tell you what, he's frequenting the property pretty heavily. Um he's begging for an arrow. Yeah, so that's part of our summer scouting we're gonna get into is cameras. Mm-hmm. Um which we briefly touched upon last week. I'm sorry, two weeks a ago. A couple weeks was, ago, yeah. We it, talked it was like a whole whole podcast. Yeah, it wasn't like a briefly touched. <laughs> we will briefly touch on it today. Yeah. We'll circle back. Yeah, yeah, we'll so, get there. As Tom was saying, now is the time where you can start to identify deer. I mean, unless you have like markings on yeah. like a deer's body, like now's the time where you can start recognizing deer from the year before and if they're going to be in your class of what you want to shoot because mm-hmm. everybody's is different. Yeah. Um, so I like know us here at White Cat, you know, we're Booner or nothing. So <laughs> yeah, sure, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like to shoot whatever gets my heart pounding and that changes day to day. That's kind of how I go mm-hmm. shoot. What gets me excited and what gets me excited changes depending on where I'm hunting, what mm-hmm. day I'm hunting, um, how long I've been hunting in a, like days in a row. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've been known to pass decent deer and shoot smaller deer later in the year. It just depends on yeah. how I'm feeling. Story of my uh, life. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I wanted to start with, um, what we're actually going to be doing tonight. Um, Frank had the beautiful idea that we're going to do some summer scouting tonight, which mm-hmm. is funny that he said that. Cause it was before I even told him we were going to talk summer scouting tonight. Yeah. So I will turn it back over to Frank to, uh, our first tip for scouting during the summertime. Yeah. One of like my favorite things to do other than putting cameras out because cameras, you can cover, every, you know, all the time. So I like to go around to the places that I hunt, especially like if there's a field, I'll just go there right before sunset and just chill out. And, you know, the field that I'm going, that we are going to tonight is a big bean field and it's 
back off the road it's there's you can't see it from the road there's tree lines and stuff it's kind of hidden so the deer feel super safe in it it's got some rolling hills so it's just a phenomenal spot to bring deer out in the evening James Laird's been asking about lots and longs if you could drop those real yeah quick. we'll leave it in the comments <laughs> I told him check your email yeah <laughs> so I just like to go there periodically and it's a property that I hunt a lot and have a lot of cameras out so we get a pretty good feel for what's in the area from the cameras but it, it's nice to just go put your eyes See, on them. seeing where they're entering the field from yeah that's um, super helpful and relating it to like obviously what time but like mm -hmm. bigger picture check out what um like the wind's doing yeah um versus because like i know deer will enter a field differently depending yeah. on the wind easily yeah, like, for sure so figuring out where a deer enters the field from mm -hmm. day to day means so much especially in archery when yeah it's a game of you know 10 yards over can be the difference of killing it or not yeah so marking that kind of stuff is extremely important for this time of year and puts you just one step closer to yeah and like the deal. right now it's still pretty early so i won't go that often i'll just go check yeah every, yeah, you know, yeah once a week i'll go over there and look around but when it gets closer to the season i'll start going over there three four times a week depending on the weather i might go every week or every day it just it depends but i like to go over there and see before the season what are these deer doing if there's any that i want coming yeah and this field. is a very um non-intrusive way to scout yeah. as well you're not putting your scent all over the woods and letting the deer know that hey it's almost deer season so yeah i just walk up to the corner of the field i don't get within 400 yards of any deer so they're totally clueless even if they do see it's like they pick their head up and they're like, yeah way the hell over there i'm not worried about it which is a good indicator that it's a low pressure area yeah we've got some spots by tom and i that if you slow your vehicle down on a bean field the, the buck that's it, it's usually the bucks the does don't for whatever reason does mm -hmm. don't but you can tell if it's a buck because if you hit those brakes that deer goes gone. down and the deer's gone mm -hmm. yeah um so that that's just a good indication that yeah it's a low pressure area yeah so yeah that's definitely one of my favorite things to go do because nothing's better than actually seeing the deer you know yeah. when you you see it on camera and stuff and it gets you excited but when you go out and see okay right there's my stand right there's the deer you can really start to put the picture together and get everything going and put a plan in place on yeah how or even go. like okay that's where he's coming out that's where i need my stand to be yeah. when mm -hmm. i come in yeah for sure um second thing i like to do especially right around now and up until i don't like to do this much later than um like august mm -hmm. just because it does start to get intrusive and, it, and it's finding those um early season food sources yeah. on your property like it, there's a lot of even though we put a lot of food plots in there's still other food sources yeah natural on your, food sources. yeah whether it's uh, acorns dropping or crab apple trees or any sort of green briar or like anything that like the deer are going to be uh eating on your property mm -hmm. um going in and investigating those areas making sure that acorns are in fact dropping this year because they don't every year mm -hmm. um, apples have good years and bad years we're kind of on a bad year at least in our area yeah um so going and seeing what's the, what exactly what the situation is because if you typically go early season and sit on an apple tree 
that's you know secluded back in the timber it's probably a hell of a spot early season i mm-hmm. we've got a couple stands that are Some similar the, to that yeah i have but a couple you, of my favorite spots are those secluded apple orchards way back in the woods yeah and if you wait until october 1st to hike all the way back there and there's no apples as a wasted hunt it's putting unnecessary scent in the woods that mm-hmm. you shouldn't have even had to go to that area so <laughs> thanks tom uh but anyway so it's it's just a really, I think, a smart thing to do is get out there and see what sort of food sources are coming in this year. Yeah. And doing it, you know, in July or August gives it plenty of time to where you're not going to screw anything up. Obviously, be smart about it, mm-hmm. um, but it's not going to screw anything up to be out of there a month before season. Yeah. And, and obviously, if you open in September, knock it back. We're talking Pennsylvania and New yeah, York we, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, a month before the season, it's not like every apple that hits the ground is going to be gone. There's still going to be apples in the trees that are going to continue to drop up yeah. into the beginning of archery season. So there's that those food sources aren't going to disappear super early in archery season. No, and if acorns are dropping, acorns yeah, are going to drop. That's all winter yeah. long. Yeah, they so chew on but it doesn't happen time. every year. So it's just something you got to go out there and check mm-hmm. um, and make sure that they're producing that year. Yeah, just, and you got to make your plan on how you're going to hunt around those things because if there's no acorns in this area you're even not just like right on that spot the deer might not use it quite the same way or a stand that yeah, was checking, good right here you might have old to move, and stuff move over too. 50 yards to be where they're going to use it now because the food source changed there's no reason for them to walk over this way when they want to go that way yeah the only reason they were going over there was food sources earlier mm-hmm. tom look at you gotta say something yeah a couple of years ago up at our camp we had a hell of an oak nut crop and that particular year it was almost pointless to hunt uh food plots or field edges um the deer were not coming out into the food plot or into a field until well after dark and i think a lot of that had to do with the amount of acorns that were produced that year the deer felt safe and you know secluded back in the woods um they could get a bite to eat and not have to come out into the field during daylight hours you got to think i mean most of those buck beds were like where those bucks are bedding on that property all had oak trees all around them they didn't even have to move 25 yards Mm -hmm. to get a meal like why the heck would they risk going all the way up to the food plots exactly Um, like tom said it was literally pointless none of us were sitting food plots we put all that time in and the oak crop was so good that it didn't didn't matter didn't matter yeah so i mean we were it's not like the deer were avoiding the fields because you know we'd still get trail cam picks but it was after dark yeah and does and stuff like you weren't gonna see a shooter buck roaming the field right before dark like we were in years prior yeah because those bigger bucks want to hang back a little bit later anyway but if they have something to eat while they're hanging back they're gonna hang back even longer yeah they got no reason to walk out there until they feel 100% safe. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the last thing, like we did talk about, I guess it's not really the last thing. There's tons of different things you can do. But I wanted mm-hmm. to hit on uh, trail cameras uh, again, even though we talked a little bit. But I wanted to mention, I put out um, a uh, mineral site in Pennsylvania, of course, because mm-hmm. illegal in New York. Um, I put a camera on a little mineral site. Just what I When I do my mineral sites, I like to do them very close to natural deer trails anyway Mm -hmm. just because i don't want to create an unnatural pattern for 
Yeah, you won't the let them do their thing. Yeah, because even when the mineral site's gone, you know, during season, I still want it to be a, a trail that's being at, like that they're running anyway. Yeah. But I had a specific buck stay. I put it out, and then for two hours straight, that same buck was there on that mineral site. Like I had my camera set for t- two pictures every two minutes or three minutes or something like that, mm-hmm. and for two hours straight, the same buck was in front of my camera just going to town on this we switched site. that one to video didn't we yeah because i'm yeah, curious your he was there like gonna be dead yeah probably he was there <laughs> like every day and the one i don't he there's other chunks where he was there a long time but the one i was like oh my god how long has this deer been here and i went and mapped it out and it was over two hours that's crazy um so mineral sites are a really really effective um way to see what you've got on your property mm-hmm. and we didn't get a single coon yeah, that's a, that's a big on thing. On our corn feeder, we had eight coons in one picture. That's I forgot about. That's a pro tip because yeah, if coons you're tired are, of scrolling through pictures of raccoons, set up a mineral site. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're just as effective. At I do too. Finding and, I, and personally, I think they're better for your deer than a bag of corn. Mm-hmm. Um, you, they've got way more nutrients that are vital to their antler growth and yeah. um, even just the does need it too. Mm-hmm. But corn is like a stomach filler there's not a ton for the deer to benefit from mm-hmm. it's kind of like eating mcdonald's tastes good doesn't really do much for you where yeah the mineral sites are you know your one a day vitamins and everything else you really need throughout mm-hmm. the day yeah for sure so and i want to give a big shout out in a screw you to one shout out and one screw you i thought they were uh, the same no thing. no not like, the same what thing. did this no. guy do no first off i want to give a shout out to tractor supply um, so tractor supply, you probably got a tractor supply in your area. Great deals on trail cameras. Um, absolutely perfect. Like you can get two for 99 bucks. You can get, you know, one for a hundred, depending on like, they've got price ranges for anybody that like, you want to, you want to get a cell cam, spend $300. They got it. You want, you know, a hundred dollar camera it still takes 18 megapixel cam or pictures. They got that. You're just looking to get a few pictures out of there. You don't really want to spend a ton of money. Two cameras, ninety nine bucks out the door. That's forty five dollars a camera. In case you can't do math, um, that's good stuff. They sell all your minerals dirt cheap. You know, you can get forty four fifty. What? Two cameras for ninety nine bucks. Forty four fifty. Deer cane, gallon of deer cane, uh, which is it's just a mineral mm-hmm. um, supplement. It's like six or seven dollars for a gallon. Yeah. Very cheap, Can't go very wrong. affordable. Lucky Buck is like $12 for that huge tub, and that lasts at least a month. Yeah. Um, and then the Screw You comes I, into um, the newly owned Sportsman's Warehouse by Bass Pro Shops. Oh, man. So I just, you know, I want to go in there. First, there's a few things that I'm going to get a Screw You from me. Um, I'm sure they're really listening diligently. Yeah. Um, first off. I back wasn't the, even close. Neither were you. It's for, like 50 bucks, didn't I say? Two for 99. It's like you 50. You said 45 a piece. Did I? <laughs> and 40, I said in 49.50. 49. 49. <laughs> 49.50. Uh, apparently, we can't do math either. Um, no. Moving on. I had a discount. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, so Tom and I used to buy a couple lock on tree stands every year. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. This pissed yeah. me right off. Yeah, so this is, again, screw you to Sportsman's Warehouse. Um, we go in there. Tom and I used to be able to get cameras on, like, or trail cameras. Tree stands. What are you saying? Tree stands. I'm just getting heated. Yeah, you and are. trail cameras. Yeah, but I'm going to start with tree stands. Tom and I used to be able to go in there any day, and you could get a, a lock on, a cheap lock on, for under forty bucks. 
Yeah. And then on sale, you could get them for under 30. Yeah, that's no pretty. more. The cheapest lock-on stand they had in there was $219. Jeez. Yeah. Screw you. Might as well buy a lone wolf at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's what it was. That was their cheapest lock-on they had. Um, ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So that irritated me because why, where is the the blue-collar guy? Where is he yeah, supposed to get? Where are the gorilla stands? Oh, yeah. It seems like it's getting so commercialized. Yeah, well, fact. here we go. Everyone so, wants a freaking recliner. Yeah, so on their tree stand. Yeah, we'll we'll circle back. Um, so I go over to the trail camera section. They didn't have a single camera under two hundred dollars, and they weren't all sale cameras. Like wow. some of them were the same cameras I can get over at Tractor Supply, just the Brownings, which I love. I'm a very big fan of these Brownings so far, and they wanted like sixty, seventy dollars more for the same thing. Yeah, just absolutely pathetic. Like hmm. I miss Gander Mountain is what I kept telling myself. Yeah. Well, Sportsman's um, Warehouse used to be a... Sportsman's Warehouse used to be... Or yeah. it wasn't Sportsman's Warehouse. It was Field and Stream. No, I'm saying like a, a oh, long time yes. ago, Sportsman's Warehouse... Used we to be didn't great. have one here. Yeah, but it when it got bought out by, bought out by Bass Pro, mm-hmm. it went Total down dog the, water. Yeah, you try and get a set of camo in there. Oh, we only sell Sitka and Kuyu here. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, like, I'm going like to spend $1,200. It's all the commercialized yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, like, seriously, like, exactly. Where's the river's edge? Where's the gorilla stands? Tractor supply. <laughs> yeah. Well, the tractor supply doesn't sell tree stands, but they're missing their mark. Yeah. Um, I'm, I should just tell them they need to start selling tree stands because yeah. we need them. <laughs> and then well, that's what's irritating is, like, yeah, I try and support the box stores, or not the box stores, but, like, the brick and mortar in my community. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense when I have to spend $200 on a, tri- or a tree stand. Yeah. You know, when you I go use— Go on Amazon and— yeah, Buy but what I you really want. Yeah, but and like Tom said, everybody wants these big, huge recliners up in your tree stand. I need a tiny little platform, a tiny little seat, just in case I, my legs get tired. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom and I used to buy the. It was a Field and Stream brand. It was like the bottom of the barrel. The seat was you know like big enough for like one butt cheek, and you know the the metal grate, and it was perfect. It's all you need for hunting. I've always said if you're going out there to be super comfortable. You might as well just stay on the couch and turn on Netflix. Yeah. Like if you're out there to hunt, you're out there to hunt. I get you don't want to have like a spike going up your butt, yeah. but you don't need the lazy boy mm-hmm. to hunt. Yeah. So I agree. Sorry about that. That was a heated rant. You I were, was just, I, could tell I, you I was were, so fired veins up. Were popping out of yeah. your forehead. Smoke came yeah. out of his Tom ears. was, Tom was with me. I was so irritated because you can't just get like your blue collar everyday guy mm-hmm. deals at my local outdoor store anymore. But Spoiler alert, I have a tractor supply on the way out to the farm. So Perfect. That's they've been getting all my business because I just I I was so upset. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know, I just I can't justify spending that much on a trail camera. Like mm-hmm. so I mean, that's, even, that's some scouting in a different sense. Yeah, You're scouting. That is for my stores. summer scouting. <laughs> even like I put the wood hoods on all my cameras now too. Mm-hmm. And I still like even with it being protected. I still don't like spending two hundred dollars on a camera. Yeah. Um, which, if you're not running trail like the wood hoods on your cameras, you should be. It's, yeah. Turks and Tines makes good product. Yeah. I actually saw that somebody on a random Facebook group I was in was talking about them. Oh, they, yeah. Like was unrelated to Scott, and I went to tag Scott in it, but he's not a member of that group, and it's like a closed group. Mm. Um. So, they're getting out there. That's good. But. I mean, Scott's got cameras. He's been running over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Talk to anybody else that's got a camera that's 10 years old that's still working. Yeah, very, Nobody. very few. Yeah. So that's that's I, that's all I got. Yeah, I think, um, wrap it I up think we skipped over one really big summer scouting. Well, that's, well, that's all I have. 
How I, I knew that Tom still had something to bring up. This is what I like to call, and my old boss used to like to call, boots on the ground. And I know, like... Isn't that checking your food sources? It's a variation. And going and walking in the fields. Yeah, but you're also looking, you know, bedding areas. If you're if it's a new property, new property okay, where you're not so you're talking familiar with. New property. Okay. Yeah. One of the keys to hunting um, is, you know, knowing your bedding area. So, and walking all through it all the time. That, yeah, <laughs> as much as you can. Get the deer really used to you being in their bedding. <laughs> That's a pro tip that people don't like to talk about. You just you make your presence known in a bedding area early on. So come hunting season, it's just a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Um, they know we're jokesters. Yeah, finding your bedding areas, um, finding your you know, heavy traffic deer trails coming out of bedding, going to food sources, um, old scrape lines, old rub lines. Uh, I like to find all of these things, you know, prior to deer season, uh, you know, like a month or so before that way, you know, come the rut, I'm not now doing my scouting, trying to figure out where these rub lines are, where these scrape lines are. You find all that stuff beforehand so you can set up a stand. That way you don't see this happening during the season and go, oh, I need to put a stand up. And then you're there in the middle of the week or on a Sunday yeah, putting up a tree stand, cutting lanes and stuff and disturbing the area. And sometimes it doesn't hurt, but... Yeah, or you throw your mobile stand on your back and get in there. But yeah. you hate the problem to see a deer do the same thing twice in a row is very rare. So you need mm. to be there before. You need to be a step ahead of them. And that's the whole idea of summer scouting even if it is with a mobile setup regardless you the whole name of the game is being one step ahead of what they're going to do and locating those bedding areas those scrape lines the uh, rub lines like tom's saying is key to being a step ahead if you find an old scrape line you know from last rut there's a really good chance it's going to open up again Mm -hmm. this rut um so finding that you know over the summer and being prepared is a lot better than walking around through the woods and then going, oh, this rub or scrape line's open. I should after hunt you, it. Yeah, off, after you've already walked all over, put your scent mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. If you go, okay, I know there's an old scrape line here, you know, November 1st or, you know, whenever you start seeing rut activity, I'm going to get Sit my mobile scrape, setup yeah. or I'm going to hang a stand now and not hunt it until mm-hmm. the rut kicks in. I, just, I think it's a good idea to try and get a layout of the property. Mm-hmm. Do all of your disturbing in June and July. Yeah, so you can be more calculated when you go to set up your stand. Because like, time in the woods kills deer, but it's got to be educated time or I guess like purposeful time in the yeah. woods. You're not going to kill deer by walking all over your property every day looking for sign mm-hmm. in October. You need to be doing that now. So you Mm -hmm. don't have to in October. So like time in the woods kills deer doesn't necessarily mean time in the woods between October and December. Yeah, It's time in the woods from March all the way up until the time you start hunting. Like the time that you're putting in now scouting those areas is all. It's just as important as sitting in the stand. Yeah, exactly. So that's a good point, Tommy. You're the man, Tom. I've always said that. I try. Yeah. Any uh, other things you're hiding from us that you want to talk about, Tom? No, I mean, I could go on and on, but... <laughs> Wait, nothing else? 
I mean, you can talk about the difference between a buck trail and a doe trail, buck beds, yeah. doe beds. Bring it up. So typically, you know, this is this is coming out into a this field. This is like the advanced segment of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So if you're, you know, hunting a field, you, you want to hang a stand to shoot a big buck on a field edge, which what's that uh, one app? Staging area? No. <laughs> yes. That's... I was thinking you were asking a different question. No, that one app that... Uh, Weather Underground? No, tells you... No. Deercast? Some, Nick, why something about sh- It might be Deercast. It tells you... I've never put a whole lot of faith into it, but uh, some guide. people might... Yes, the moon guide. It'll yeah. tell you you know, when you want to hunt a field edge, when you want to hunt bedding areas, when you want to hunt staging area. Um, anyway, I don't really know where I was going with that, but if you're into that sort of thing, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, it was sounding really good. Um, the app Tom's talking about is uh, the Moon Guide. Yeah, yeah. But getting back into before the app, um, <laughs> if you want to <laughs> set up a stand on a field edge and you see a heavy, heavy trail, you know, coming out into that field edge, most of those heavy, heavy trails are doe trails, and you can look at them and you can look at all the tracks in them, um, and you know, see that it's usually like a mom and two little ones coming out day after day after day after day, you know, a bunch of groups. The buck trail, that's the one you're going to want to hang your stand on, is going to be about 30 or 40 yards down from that doe trail. And a lot of times what it's going to be is on the predominant downwind side of that trail. And that buck, it'll just be, you know, one or two mature bucks using that trail. So it'll be... uh easy to miss yeah very easy to miss it's not going to look like a deer highway there's only going to be a couple different sets of tracks but they're going to be big buck tracks and the reason they do that is they're typically like i said downwind of those main highways and what they do is they will scent check that deer trail the main deer trail on the way out and you know see who's out in the field mm-hmm. before they Sally actually or Emily or who's yeah, out there to... before they actually even go out into the field. So if you want to shoot, you know, a big buck or if you want to shoot a doe, then I'd set up if you want to shoot a doe on the doe trail, but I'd look on the predominant downwind side for a less obvious trail with fewer but larger tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because typically those larger bucks, you're not going to see them in the field during daylight or like shooting light unless it's like the rut so Mm -hmm. like what tom's saying is basically you're the deer on their feet in daylight you're just cutting them off so you're getting there getting to where they're at before they get to the field so you can still kill them in daylight Mm -hmm. um but locating that trail is a little bit harder because a lot of people they just see a huge deer trail and they're like yeah oh every deer that's a highway yeah using this trail but if you sit on that field watch you'll see you know, three does, a couple fawns, like they're all using that trail. I don't know if you ever noticed, like, I know you guys have noticed it, but I'm just saying in general to people listening, when you're sitting on a field edge, watch where the doe come out and watch where the buck come out. They never come out on the same trails. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be hunting the same trails if you're trying to get a buck versus a doe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, keep that in mind. That's, that's a big one I wanted to bring up. (laughs) No, that's a good thing. And thanks for the, uh, the moon guide talk that was really good and i'm sure well, everybody I just, got a lot out of that I, just, <laughs> I remember last year we were up at camp 
and hunting during the rut and Nick pulls out his phone and said, Oh, the moon guide says that you're going to want to hunt a field edge tonight. And I did hunt a field edge and I saw a big mature buck. Um, I didn't end up getting them, but you want me to explain briefly about the moon guide and how it works or how it supposedly works? Yeah. I'm not, like I said, I'm not sold on it yet. Um, it is batting a thousand for me. Um, but I think it needs more than one. Yeah. Usually more run. than one is yeah. better. So the way the moon guide works is that the moon at different times of the day is closer to the earth than other times of day. And that produces a gravitational pull. It's what, um, it's science. It, it controls the waves. Um, it controls a little bit of weather to an extent, but the big thing is like, it's, it adds a gravitational pull to earth. And then, like I said, it controls the waves. Now at the peak time, like that's, it's different each day. You know, there's two times throughout the day where the moon is closest to, um, the earth and it's like a 12 hour difference. Mm -hmm. So basically what the moon guide says is that when that gravitational pull is greatest at normal times of deer movement, that's where you want to be. So if you've got, say, I guess I could, you know what, let's just pull it up and I will just give a few examples because we'll, I'll look ahead, you know, I've never even used it. I've never heard you guys talk about it before. So we're going to jump pretty right new in. to the moon guide. Yeah. So, um, we'll do that later. So if we, let's go up into October. So October, our season opens October 3rd this year. Oh, wait, no, we're in 2020. We're going to go up all the way to 2021. Bear with us one minute. I'm having some technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're just going to, we'll just go October 20 because we are 2020 because we've already been there. So basically the red moon is when your, the gravitational pull is greatest. Now that's going to be different times throughout the day. So um, like peak activity is going to happen at those times because it, according to this theory, I'm not going to, I'm not saying we totally believe it. I'm just saying according yeah. to this theory that when that gravitational pull is greatest, that's when your peak activity with deer is going to be because there's that pull for them to get up. Apparently mm -hmm. um, it's just, it apparently has a gravitational effect on um, every nature in general. It's yeah. the same, same concept with barometric pressure and people can literally like their knee hurts if they've had an injury years ago when pressure gets too high, mm -hmm. same idea. But anyway, so when that peak time come like coincides with, you know, last light or first light, that's when you want to be paying attention to it. So let's pick, let's, it looks like October 10th was like a Saturday last year. Peak activity was at 7:32 AM shortly after daybreak. Now, that's when you want to know that like, okay, I need to be sitting really close to like bedding or tr like a transitional zone because you know, that's about where they would be normally. Mm -hmm. I don't, like I said, we don't a hundred percent believe in it, but it was interesting last year at camp. We were up there for nine days straight. So we were able to follow it pretty closely. Mm -hmm. Um, and it did seem to play a big Make effect. Make a little in. sense. Yeah. And I'm probably not the best person to describe it, but like guys like Adam Hayes, who's killed several two hundreds, he follows it, um, or at least is paid to say that he follows it, um, religiously. Mm -hmm. So if it's something, if, if you're kind of superstitious, I think it would probably be really effective. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, bottom line is, or really ineffective. You know, there's some people that say, oh, my deer app saying it's not going to be a good day to go hunting because I better stay. Yeah. You home. better stay in. I'll, I'll hunt for you. <laughs> <laughs> any day that you have an opportunity to hunt is a good day to hunt. That's book. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's I also say that. 
So take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Between me and Tom talking about the moon guide, maybe you got something out of it. <laughs> I <laughs> doubt it. Probably not. <laughs> um, Check so it I out, get, though. Yeah. So I guess we'll wrap things up there. Um, like, like Frank mentioned, uh, thank you to Jason Johnson for joining the Patreon and really stamping your approval in what we're doing and supporting us all the way. Um, it really helps. Um, cause it's not free to put it out. So yeah, we appreciate all of the help we can get. Um, second, if you are not attend or planning to attend the Palooza, you need to clear your schedule and get there. Um, Frank, I think he said he's doing like four pork butts. Um, we're going to do some like four turkeys. Um, I mean, it's just going to be a ton of food, tons of cornhole. I'm going to break out the grill. Gonna yeah. do some deer sausage. Um, I think we're doing fifty-fifty raffles and stuff. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be, be good wild. time. Fried walleye. Yeah, blackened probably. All Either kinds way. of side dishes. Um, yeah, bush, bush lights. Yeah, there will probably be a lot of bush light. Oh yeah. So, come on out and have some fun. Uh, hang with the crew. It's it's gonna be a great time. So, on that note, make sure you guys are all getting outside.